on Giddy Up. It's time for the Midweek Masterclass with the Mailbag Team. Gareth Hall with you, hopefully enjoying the music on this Tuesday morning on uh, Giddy Up. Jules and Ollie doing a wonderful job. Missy Lewis, he'll be dancing somewhere in Murray Bridge and he'll be excited about this meeting at Caulfield tomorrow as their carnival rolls on. I don't know if I was two from two in the midweek masterclass last week. As I say hello to you, Mitchy. Hi, Gareth. Yeah, you you definitely rolled me on one. I can't remember if... No, I was one, the, the Corstens filly I think I was keen on as well. Oh, well, you, we should just listen to you. You must, you were flying there. Oh, I reckon I was second in most of my picks. So. It, it was funny because Sam Freeman texted me after he, um, after I tipped his horse and he goes, I can't believe it's favourite, Gareth. It needs more of a trip. I thought, too late now, Sam. Um, but once again, we were right. And he was wrong. These trainers, they don't know what they're talking about, basically. Always the way, Gareth. They've, they've tried to throw you off the scent, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Um, I've got a couple for you tomorrow. Yeah, well, you're on fire in these midweeks, so let's go, I reckon. I, I reckon you're going to tip to G to San, are you? Yes. Yep. Good thing. Oh, the the gate worries me a little bit, um, but he's flying this horse. Good track suits him. Um, the trip suits him. I think it'd be hard to beat in the Kunji Cup. Yeah, interesting race. I, I haven't got an opinion Akunji. just yet. Uh, I thought the import's a very interesting runner. But also, while we're talking about this race, I just wanted to quickly mention, you've had a listener continually ask about John Allen and the Ma Eustace team. John Allen's riding Sinem in this race tomorrow. So I think there'd be there'd be nothing going on there. That's, Sinem looks like one of their better chances. So I'd say all is well in that camp. Yeah. Um, I think dancing alone, the Sydney side for Bryce Hayes will be hard to beat. In, I think she goes around in the the mayor's race. This I'm invincible. Blake, she rides. The gates are concerned a little bit, but I think it's the best horse in the race. And I think they're my two plays tomorrow. What about you? Nice. So we're not clashing today. I If we go to race five, I'm pretty keen on number seven, shock them over, Gareth. Uh, I thought last start winner hitting the line here well at Caulfield. Just goes up to the 2,000 metres third up today. I, I really like that setup for him. 
on a sort of thought, there's enough runners like Tycoon Beck and Hennessy Ladd that are going to put some good speed into the race. So it's going to give Craig Williams an opportunity to keep him sort of safe and then hopefully run them all down late. So I think I can have about 100 on him of my $200. All right, then shock him over $2.30. Alex Ray does a good job with that galloper. So, yep, that ticks a few boxes, 230 out to $240 with Bet365. What else have you got? We'll go to race eight, number 13, Dashing. I'm a big fan of Dashing. I think it's a good each-way price currently. So second up here today, first up behind Reinberg, I think is pretty good form. If you go back through his form last prep, it was in stronger races than the benchmark grade. So BM84 today, coming off a pretty good second run. I imagine when Linda Meach in the saddle, he's going to go forward. So he'll be in a good position. And I think he's an each-way price. So I'm happy to have 50 each-way on him. All right, then. What price are we getting there? For that yeah. Last I looked, it was 7 and 250 Well, that'll do us. So dashing. Um, he's always hitting the line, isn't he, dashing? He's just a, a consistent sort of trier, I reckon. And that's why I like to think if he's going to be forward, I'd like to think he's in a position where he doesn't like horses going past him. So I think the he's into four sixty now. He's into four sixty with Bet three six five. Yeah, he's been oh, more I supported. See, this is why I've got the hand notes, Gareth. So when I when I do the form, I write down the I write down the thing there and just hope it holds on close. Yep. So that's race eight, number thirteen. Do you have anything for us in South Australia tomorrow? We're at Balaclava. Yeah, I've got a couple. It's an interesting meeting, Balaclava. Is it? couple things I want to do, but we're going to stick to that we're shopping for the overs here because we don't have the prices. Bear with me. In race one, number one, Ambello, a 13-start maiden horse who I think gets a very good setup today. Now, I reckon we're tipping him early. He's been well-supported in his last two runs where he's been second and third. Um, one of those runs he finished behind Jacko's horse, Kinetic Jewel, who's going to be quite handy. So Ambello from Barrier 4 will go forwards over the 1,000-metre trip and Jake Toyroke rides. So it's all set up to me that I'd imagine the best price you're going to get is when the, when the prices open this afternoon. I'd imagine they're going to back him again. They have in the last few. So he looks like he'll get his best chance. All right, beautiful. So that's race one, number one, and Bellow. Have you got anything else for us? Yeah, another one I'm just tossing up. It might not be a best bet tomorrow because I just want to see what price they throw out because I wouldn't want it to be short. But race six, number one, Prince Takia. So this horse last prep was competed competed in the SA Derby and a lot of the listed lead-up races, and he sort of held his own against horses like a fair receive and Red Sun Sensation. So BM58 today, he's second up up to the 1,600 metres, and he's a winner second up. So the 1,350 run at Strathalbum I thought was handy enough uh, for a stayer. He goes up to a suitable trip now and is in a much easier race than what he's competed in his last few. So he's got a heavier weight. I just... I'm, thinking that they'll probably come for him as well, but I wouldn't want to back him if he's too short. I'd hope to getting something four or five dollars for him. So we'll have to wait and see if he ends up in the best bets tomorrow. But I think he's one that if you're keen, you'd want to be backing earlier today. So Prince Takia race six number one there with Hannah Edgley taking the ride. So that's the story there at Balaclava. Dashing race eight number thirteen and shock him over race five number seven. I love all my racing content, but there's a TikToker by the name of Christian Legenda, who is a muscle man, basically. He does some magic stuff with horses, and he sends out his TikTok videos when he treats horses. And they might be sore in their hamstring, or they might have a problem 
um, with parts of their back and he talks you through it. And he does a lot of work with Alex Ray's stable and he does a lot of work with Shockham Over. And um, that horse looks like he's absolutely ready to go again tomorrow. So some, that's another terrific way that you can showcase the sport of thoroughbred racing. I think Christian's got over, how many um, followers has he got on his TikTok? 146,000. So It's funny, Gareth. TikTok seems to absolutely pop in the horse racing industry, doesn't it? I, I underutilise it. I need to... I need to get yep. some advice from some of these boys on how to do it. But you have a look at the comment section in it and it's bloody unbelievable, the racing sort of world over there on TikTok. No, we love it here on SEN. Thanks for that, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. I'll We're, speak to you soon. Same to you. We're racing on the Kenzo track at Randwick tomorrow and Mark Roden joins us. G'day, Mark. G'day, Gareth. How are you? I am very well, mate. Seven races there tomorrow. What are we looking forward to from a punting perspective? Yeah, found a couple I'm reasonably keen on, actually. I'm um, starting in race three, a uh, three-year-old benchmark 68. Um, there's two equal favourites here, more or less, and I'm with number two, Ostraka. Gee, some uh, strong form lines here. Uh, ran into Macarena at Canterbury first up in a maiden. Macarena went on and won the Silver Eagle. Um, it then went to that very strong Rose Hill midweek meeting a few weeks ago, which has already produced the likes of Arctic Glamour and Riff Rocket uh, as future winners from it. Uh, he was a dashing winner on that day as well. Uh, look, the other, the equal favourite, Rhythm of Love, is going to get a great run from Barry Run. Not much wrong with its form, but I just think it's the Strakers four line, form lines are uh, significantly stronger. And yeah, we're, we're getting about 280, I think. I'll definitely have 100 of the 200 on race three, number two, a Straka. Yes. What else have you got? Uh, move over to race five, which is a pretty plain old 1800 metre benchmark 72 which is why I've landed on what looks to be the progressive horse in the race, Port Lockroy. Um, one that's made in a couple of starts ago in the country, thrown in more or less at the deep end at the, in the Dulcified Quality last start, was far from disgrace, only beaten a couple of lengths in a really, um, you know, pretty solidly run mile race and fought on really well. I think this is actually a class drop for it. And because he's still a progressive three-year-old and his rating's quite low, um, he's on the limit weight. Um, I think he ends up you know, he's going to end up a better horse than most of these, and he's getting up to six and a half kilos off some of them. I think he's beautifully weighted. Um, slight query maybe on how the track's playing, because he's, he's drawn a middle gate, and he probably won't find the fence, but uh, he might be too good for them. And again, we're getting we're getting a price. I think 290 is pretty good. So we'll have the other 100 on, on race five, number nine, Port Lockroy. So race five, number nine, with bet three, six, five, yeah, around $2.90 for Port Lockroy. And Regan Bayless in good form rides for... Annabelle Neesham there in that uh, fifth race there at Kenzo, at the Kensington track. So let's hope we can get the job done there in Sydney, mate. Um, we appreciate your time as always, Mark. Did you enjoy Everest Day? I did, actually. Um, good, good days racing with the, um, the very good racing in both Sydney and Melbourne. Great to see both centres showcased like, uh, like this. And while I don't think it was the strongest Everest of all time, it was a great race, a uh, great contest between a few very good horses. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for that. Well said. No problem. We'll take a break. Ascot on a Wednesday afternoon. Riley Morgan will join us and then Chris Nelson with his best at Ipswich. Chris Nelson joins us. G'day, Chris. Hey? Gareth. What about Antino? That was a run and a half, oh. wasn't it, in a Turak? It was outstanding. And yes. I thought, oh, he's going to get there. He's going to get there. And they just couldn't shake off the other one. And on the line, you knew we'd been beaten. But it was uh, it was a terrific run. And he heads towards the, uh, the Crystal Mile, I believe, on, uh, yep. on Cox Plate Day. So... That's a nice race for him. Should he get around the valley okay? Um, what are we doing in Ipswich tomorrow, mate? What do you think of this meeting? 
look, an eight-metre rail, I always find this bit switch difficult, Gareth. I think everybody knows that by my form there. But um, there is a good thing, I think, in the first race, number one, or number two, race one, number two, Bonded Affair. Uh, ben Thompson rides for Stuart Kendrick, who continues to train winner after winner. Now, two starts for Bonded Affair, both seconds. First up behind Weagle Tiger, who has since won in the last seven days. Second start ran second to Javaja, which won at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. So the form lines are strong, draws beautifully, and I did like that run at the Sunny Coast because he didn't get a lot of pay, or didn't get a lot of, um, uh, he didn't get a lot of what I'm looking for in front. He got a lot, uh, he got taken on. There's a word I'm looking for, I can't think of what it is. He didn't get a lot of peace, that was it, in front. And uh, he, got, he was taken on big time. He got butchered. Get eventually. Yeah, he got butchered, he got, that's right. Someone took him to, on. And was it a 100 to 1 chance that took him on? Probably. Yeah. I was trying to be nice, but you're dead right. He got butchered in well, front. Well, the steward so, uh, should, I, I, I think the stewards sometimes, do they call that jockey in or not? Oh, they should. They yeah, should, because yeah. he's giving his horse no chance as well. They're, they're, that's what I mean. Stewards need to be transpended. I, I, I don't know what race. I haven't done my research. I apologise if they did, but even when they go too slow, it's my pet hate. When they're walking, going 14 and a half seconds a furlong, and, yep. and the jockeys are strangling them back to last, and they make no move whatsoever, and then like then you're giving your horse no chance. Well, any chance that all. you want to use your initiative and make a move, and when and when right. jockeys go to the front and then pull the anchors out, nearly cause a fall, nothing gets done, and which is more dangerous than anything, really. I've got another one that I've got a real um, problem with at the moment, and that's horses drawn wide. Horses drawn wide, and they the jockeys, whether it be the jockeys' fault, connections, whatever, but they go back looking for cover. No, the j- it's the trainers. Everyone does it. Waller does it. Chris, um, oh. Wayne Hall. That, that's they just they just don't want to take the punt. Um, well, of, they don't of being get caught wide. Yeah. Well, they do get cover, and they're so far back they can't win. Why not go forward, look for cover? I mean. What stable goes forward all the time? Gay Waterhouse. Correct, Adrian Bott. Yeah. yeah. How many winners do they train? Anyway, I, I I'd get... love to be, I reckon I'd be, I'd love to be a steward for a day. I'd cause havoc. I'll give you the tip. I'd have <laughs> them all, I'd have them all in and I'd say, listen here, listen here. I'll say, I, um, I better not, I've got to be careful what I say so I don't get in trouble. Your, uh, your car would be firebombed on the way out No, of the it wouldn't. I'll just say, listen here, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on you. That's right. In, in fact, uh, I'll ask. I reckon back in the day, some of the oh, we're nearly running out of time. Some of the some of right. the famous stories that like there'll be a horse back in the eighties and nineties that heavily backed off the map, etc. And the, yep. the favourites drifted. I've heard stories where the stewards have rang the starter to put the phone yes. to the jockey's ear and says, "Mate, this horse is what you better make sure that you ride this horse uh, and give it every opportunity." <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of famous stories yes. like that. And I think there's um, there's one the other way around where one was heavily back. It might have been getting closer or one of those horses, like hundreds into sevens or something, and they, they've called the jockey as well. Um, but, yeah, that has happened for sure. Couldn't see it happening these days. Anyway, I better get back to Ipswich before you uh, go to the news. Yep. Uh, race four, number five, Bold Hoi Ho. And this is a good race, but I'll wait and see what happens with scratchings in the morning. But Bold Hoi Ho is one of Tony Gollins now, formerly trained in the state. Didn't fire first up for Tony, but has trialled really well since, uh, keeping it safe, race four, number five. And race seven, number 10, Fun Sponge. This one will find the fence, and that's probably the place to be with the eight-metre rail. First up is a promising type from the Mark Curry stable. So race seven, number 10. But that one in the first looks the good thing, Gareth. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
Pleasure. I just need to clear up a bit of a story regarding Gold Trip. I had a chat to Jamie Lovett this morning. Jamie Lovett indicated it's not a big deal. Sometimes we take ourselves far too serious. He said he was waiting for Kieran to make a decision regarding Gold Trip. I was on air. I had a quick chat to Kieran regarding Gold Trip and um, his movements towards the Caulfield Cup. And um, I must have misheard. He's going to the Melbourne Cup. That's what he's confirmed for. And they're going to make a decision now whether he goes to a Caulfield Cup later in the afternoon. But if I was a betting man, it'd be a $1.05, $1.01 that he'll be going to the Caulfield Cup. Now, that's not confirmed and I could be wrong. But as I said, someone put a gun to my head and said, Gareth, is Gold Trip going to be running in the Caulfield Cup on Saturday? I would say yes. He'll be running in the Caulfield Cup. Um, but time will tell. As we continue on our midweek masterclass, Peter Anthonis joins us here on this Tuesday morning. G'day, Pete. G'day, Gareth. How are you? You've got to love the racing game sometimes. I think sometimes oh, we would just take ourselves a little bit too serious. It's only a game, really. A little uh, bit of fun, exactly. isn't it? Oh, look, I just can't wait to see Gold Trip run superbly uh, in whichever race he runs in next after, you know, backing him in the Caulfield Cup last year and watching him run second after looming the entire straight. I think that was the biggest bet I had on him that entire prep. So yep. good memories. I, I think with, like, I remember one of my favourite people in racing is Fred Kersley. And when I've had a chat to Fred on numerous occasions and... Like if, if, whenever I go to Perth, I love catching up with himself, um, Fred and Judith and you could just sit and talk racing all day with Fred. And because he's obviously a legend of both codes in harness and thoroughbred racing, he's like a hero of mine, Fred Kersley. And so when he talks about Northerly and he made that late decision, I think on the Sunday or the Monday before the Caulfield Cup that he was going to go there. And I remember a few of the journos, it was the harness journos like Adam Hamilton, they found out first and they backed him off the map to win the Caulfield Cup. And then he went to the Cox Plate and won the Cox Plate. So he went bang, bang. And so Fred's greatest regret was not going to the Melbourne Cup. Now he, he believed that he could have won the Melbourne Cup, but back in the day, Greg Carpner, I think if Greg had his time again, then he wouldn't have given him 60 kilos. And it, and like it was a travesty that he actually got 60 kilos. That would be unheard of that a, that a horse these days would get 60 kilos in a Melbourne Cup. Anyway, so Fred just thought for the interest of the horse, because he tries his bloody heart out, that he couldn't go towards a, a Melbourne Cup with that much weight. But I, I reckon if he had his time again, he would have taken the punt. Um, and it would have been great to see what he would have done there in the Melbourne Cup. Whether he would have got two miles, that's a question mark. But he was an on-pace galloper that... He just loved the fight and he would have tried his hardest out and it might've broken his heart. So Fred probably did the right thing. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see Northerly do that. And Gold Trip, he did it last year. He was second in a Caulfield Cup. He never got out in a Cox Plate and then he won the Melbourne Cup pretty easily. And they tell me he's fitter. And well, he proved that I think in the Turnbull Stakes the other day. Um, and I know it's probably going to be a rock hard track there on Saturday. But he's over, or they tell me he's over his injury problems or the niggling feet issues he had the last couple of seasons. So he's one horse, I think, that's got the capabilities of giving that a shake. Oh, if he starts in the Caulfield Cup, I think he's the horse to beat. I don't, if you watch the Turnbull Stakes and you watch Solcombe and the like, and I know that he has to give them weight now under handicap conditions, but unless some international horse can jump out of the ground, how do those horses in the Turnbull beat him on Saturday? 
I think that's a very good point, G. But just looking at his ratings, he's produced the first two runs back. He's given every indication he's come back better, which is really difficult to get your head around in a way. Like he's a seven-year-old horse now, but maybe he's just entering the prime of his career. And as you said, just getting rid of a couple of those niggles behind the scene has just given him the extra length or two. So scary. Yeah, it is scary. Um, now, a good friend of mine, and I don't know why you never told me, um, Pete, you must have lost my number, but Simon Miller pointed out that Amelia's jewel wasn't the same horse in the yard and he was a little bit nervous before the Turek handicap. You know this horse really well. You've watched her on plenty of occasions, especially in the yard. Um, you saw the alarm bells, they tell me, before Saturday. Can you explain that? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, it was my first day out on course all spring and I haven't seen Amelia's jewel this prep. Last time I saw her was in the quokka and... Look, she was just really, like, she basically entered the, the yard first and she was running around. She was basically dragging Siobhan and one of the other strappers around and her ears were going everywhere. She just didn't seem to be able to focus in on, on the job. So that was a little bit of a, a query pre-race, but, again, not having seen this prep, it's hard to tell. But, yeah, she didn't really seem to travel at any stage, did she? So whether or not that's the Caulfield Camber, it can be, you know, all the tracks over here are unique. Um, whether that's just making excuses for her, though. But, yeah, fascinating to see what they do next because the Cox Plate suddenly looks like a real hard ass. So Cox Plate's out. Taking, yeah. They put a line through the Cox Plate, so she's definitely not going yeah. now. I think Simon's going to come back to Melbourne shortly, analyse where she's at. I think they might put the blinkers on her and go to the Golden Eagle because there's nothing wrong with yeah. her with her bloods. Um, yeah. And then... From a backup point of view, they will go to, they've nominated for the winner bottom in the gold rush. Like my situation with her, like I know that she wasn't right. So she, she didn't perform at her best. And what you've just said regarding the mounting yard and as Simon pointed out, and she didn't eat up and she wasn't herself after the race. So there was something that bothered her, but there was also the case where they just ran it, ran and they and they just kept on running. And she hasn't really been in a race like that. And Simon Miller was always of the opinion, the harder they go, the better that she'll be. Cause she's been coming off slow tempos and showing a terrific turn of foot like that quokka run. She shouldn't have got as close as she did that day. Um, but who knows that could be the case that she just doesn't stay in a way because they opened yeah. up everybody's lungs. In that race. And look, that Mooney Valley run as well at, at the at the valley behind Pride of Jenny, that was an incredibly quick tempo and she settled more forward and probably had to do a little bit more work than I suspect they might have anticipated second second start for the prep. So maybe that just flattened her a little bit. Like there's all these different angles you can approach it from. That's why it's fascinating just trying to look at these horses and where they're going to across the spring. And she divides opinions out there. Some people say, Oh, I told <laughs> you she wasn't any good and then some people say, Well, there was something wrong with her. And my opinion of her was that she probably doesn't produce some of the figures. Um, like she produces really good figures, but I think she could have gone to a new level in a way because I, I think she only does what she needs to do watching her in trials and all that. So I, I put it down to that. She wasn't quite right. I, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like people are arguing that, well, she's not as good as she is. Everyone thinks she is Gareth and the bubbles. Um, well and truly burst because she couldn't handle that tempo. I'm of the opinion that that watching her in previous runs, that she only does what she needs to do. I, I believe, I don't know what your opinion is, but I think that she had ge genuine excuses. I think it's a forgive run. 
I completely agree. It's definitely a forgive run. But I mean, like the the talk about bubbles bursting and so forth. Who are you comparing these horses to on occasions? I think the best horse to compare her to is Arcadia Queen. And look, she wasn't winning every single start when she no. came across. She had a, her ups or downs and so forth. But you know, we're talking about very good horses. We're not talking about all time superstars. No. Um, but that's how racing works. <laughs> and do you know what the best part about racing is? That everyone can have a narrative, and we need narratives in this beautiful game to promote the sport. And Simon Mill has been exceptional with that. And he does put himself out there, and he's got a character that everybody, I think, falls in love with, and he's been sensational with the media, and he, I think he's been transcending the sport. And when you've got a horse like she's so hot property like in WA, and she's been able to do wonders for the game over there, and that, that particular hype has followed her across the Nullarbor. Um, um, and then as soon as she, she gets beat, everyone wants to be a hero and say, oh, I told you so, she's not that good, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're rating her to some of the superstars. No, we're not. We're just enjoying the ride. And and, and yeah. that's why everyone should celebrate racing like that. It's And it is an opinion-paced game. So if you didn't think that she was good enough to win, then you would have got some terrific odds, wouldn't you, on the weekend? And we had our form expert who works for you, but he said he was he, – he tipped Amelia's jewel, but he said attrition was – at a big price. So, um, it's the, that's why it's a beautiful game in a way. And everyone's going to have an opinion. There's no doubt about that, but not everybody's going to get it right. And it's all right to have an opinion and get it wrong. Who cares? Um, it is. And then it's what punting's built on. It's your opinion against if it's in the tote, the other punters, if it's, uh, you're betting fixed odds, it's against the, the trader. So, that's why it's a beautiful game, and let's hope we can find a winner at Ascot tomorrow, mate. What are we doing on a Wednesday? Uh, look, it's a pretty decent card. Race six is the one that I've got the most attention with because Best Mood is a second starter for Bob Peters. Uh, look, it won there on debut at Geraldton. Um, basically, it was held up in the straight. Feels pretty good, fits best of the day figure, um, but I just suspect it's going to start a bit too short. Um, given it was a $330,000 purchase at one of the sales. I'm in the side with dialing for D-Max Yard. That horse really didn't have any favours there at Kalgoorlie. He was vetted pre-race after running through the rail, and there was all sorts of uh, carry-on before the race, but still managed to win the event. Pretty good figure. Um, it's just got a, a nice series of figures over the last few starts that I think put it right in the frame here. I'm expecting that the Bob horse, best mood goes up favourite. Dialing, I think, will get a price. I'd be happy taking uh, $280 plus $3 or so. And I think it should map pretty well from gate three. So race six, number seven, dialing. Race seven, number six, dialing. He might turn back the clock, Bob. Um, this is his, he usually produces his good horses at this time of the year. And I think now with that transition from Grand Alana Williams where I think Bob, if he had his time again, would reassess how he went about it. But now he's got a couple of trainers that um, have been cemented and they've, been had, they've had a crack at these new horses that have come through the system and all that. You would expect some better results for Bob now, I would imagine. Yeah, and I think some of the types we're seeing as well, like we, we might have had a year or two where they maybe weren't the best ones that he had bred so far. Um, it just seems like there's some better types stepping out over the last six months, that's for sure. Um, is that the only bet we're having there, mate? Yeah, that's it so far. Um, yeah, I'm only halfway through the card, so a bit more work to be done this afternoon. All right, brother, go and get them. We appreciate your time as always, Pete. Cheers, Gareth.